Good morning. Bring that down just a little bit. How's everybody at Christmas? Well, I know everybody be uh, they they have that sigh of relief, you know, right after Christmas holiday. Oh, that's over. Yeah, now we look forward to another new year. See what God has in store for us. Today I'm a well, I'm gonna do a little something different. Who has a dollar bill? You'll change the dollar bill for me? I'm going, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you this bag of pennies for your dollar bill. All right? How do you know it's a hundred? You don't trust me? Okay, you trust me? All right. Now, you know the sister get home today and count, that, count the pen to make sure it's a hundred. Now, pre-adventure, okay, we're going to the Old Testament now. Pre-adventure, you get home. And you count that money, and you only, you, only, you only have 99. What would you do? See? She would not worry about it. And most of us would... I think I used to... Yeah. Now, testing, testing. Now, most of us do the same thing because in these, these days and time, we always think about value and we always think about percentages. Now, like, like, just like you, 99% is good to me. I mean, if I got a 99 pennies out of 100, I'm not going to worry too much about finding that other penny. Now, when things start getting up more valuable, what if I gave you 100 gold pieces and each gold piece worked $2,500? Then would you worry about that one that you were missing? See, when we put value on things, you know, we, 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 we put the human factor in it. But as we can learn today, it's talking about, we're, we're, we're going to talk about um, shepherds. And see, it's not about a mind thing. It's not about how you feel and, 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 and putting, the, putting arithmetic with and everything. With the shepherd, it is a heart thing. So we're going to discuss the heart of a shepherd. And if you have your word with me, I'm going to give you a dollar back. Whatever you look at the word with on this day and time, if you got your Bible, if you got your iPad, if you got your telephone, whatever you're using at your sword today, I want you to make a decoration with me. I am a believer. I am not a doubter. I am not moved by what I see. I am not moved by what I hear. I am not moved by how I feel. I'm only moved by what I believe. And I believe the word of Father God. And this Bible is Father God's word. I can have what Father God says I can have. I can do what Father God says I can do. Father God, thank you for equipping me with your word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that your word is true. And Father, today as we, as we dive into your word, Father, and, and we explore the word, Father, I come against every tired spirit right now. I come against everything, Father, that's not of you. There will one be attentive. I declare that the hearts are prepared. 
then we have ears to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying on this day. And Father, we give you all praise and all glory and all honor. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, just as we talked about the shepherd, I want everybody to go to now today. We're not going to put too much on the screen, so you can have to use what you got. All right, you can have to flip through the word. Good practice for you. Amen. All right, we're going to Luke 15. You know, I don't know why they make print so small these days. They're making print smaller, or my eyes getting worse, one of the two. Oh, that's, what I, that's what I'm saying. Just like clothes, they're making clothes a lot smaller these days, too. You know, when you go buy clothes, you have to buy a size bigger. They're making them smaller. I wonder why they're doing that. Okay, Luke 15, verse 3 and 4. And he spake this parable to them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, do not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after that one which is lost until he find it. See, that is the heart of a shepherd. She a shepherd regardless of what the number that he have. He might have 3,000 sheep, but if one is lost, if one is lost, he will spend all his time seeking that one. Because we're talking about souls. When we talk about shepherds, we talk about souls. But what I'm going to try to do today is give you analogies on the physical shepherd and what a shepherd goes through and then what our spiritual shepherd goes through. All right, let me give you the biblical definition of a shepherd. In the Hebrew, it's raha, and it means to feed, shepherd, to pastor, the herdman or the keep. In the Greek, it's pomain. And it means so the same thing, shepherd, shepherds, or pastor. I'm going to read this definition because I don't want to get it wrong. Shepherd is normally or frequently occurring in Scripture, sometimes that the word pastor is used instead. This word is used figuratively to represent the relationship of rulers to the subjects and of God to his people. Now, the duties of a shepherd, let's say a physical shepherd, a shepherd would rise up early in the morning. He would lead his flock out to the place he so designated for them to graze or for them to pasture. And throughout that whole day, he watch over his flock. Then he has to find a place to water the sheep. Then after we water sheep, we have to find a place to physically feed the sheep, protect the sheep from any, any predators or any thieves. And then that's not, that's not his whole day. He spent his whole day watching over his sheep. Then at the end of the day, he brings the sheep back to the fold. And when he comes to the fold, he counts each and every sheep. Each and every sheep is accounted for. Then once he determined that his whole flock is in, then he will settle down for the night. But that don't end his day. In the evening, he watched over the sheep for animals and any kind of uh, anything that would, that would attack him. And again, he watched for thieves. So a shepherd's day is never ended. It's never ended. And what I want to do is describe some of the shepherds that God endorsed in the Bible. Some, some of these Bible characters, you wouldn't think that they were shepherds. When I started studying this out, I said, wow, 
Look at all these shepherds that God identified. And the first we know was Abel. He was the first keeper of the sheep. Then Lot, Rachel, Rachel. You never thought of Rachel being a shepherd, but she was. Joseph. We use Joseph in all kind of examples in the Bible. But you know he was first a shepherd? Moses, probably the greatest shepherd of them all. And David, a man after God's own heart. You know, we called him the shepherd boy. If anyone could shepherd, David definitely could shepherd. You know, last week, Pastor TJ taught on the, on the nativity scene and the nativity shepherds. This is how much confidence and how much trust God has in his shepherds. To proclaim the New Testament throughout the world, who did he give that charge to? The first one he spoke to were the shepherds on the hill. He said, go tell the news. Go tell the good news that a child is born. And the shepherds were required to take that word throughout the countryside. But God put that trust in the shepherds. To deal in the heart of a shepherd, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna discuss David and also in the 23rd Psalms. Now, David on his own, he was a conqueror. He was king. He was a, a man after God's own heart. But yet and still, when David talked about his shepherd, and when we start reading the 23rd Psalms and going through the 23rd Psalms, you can see it from the sheep's perspective. Even though David was a great shepherd, but he didn't describe the 23rd Psalms. It's not about the shepherd. It's about the shepherd, but we're going to see it from, in, in David's eyes with him being a sheep. Even though he was great, as great as he was, killing Goliath, the king of the king of Israel. But yet and still, when he describes in the 23rd Psalm, you know, when I, when I was studying this, I went, I went to the, um, I always go a, little, a chapter before and a chapter after to, to get the feel of, of, you know, what the character's going through. If you read the 22nd Psalm, you can see that David was at the lowest point in his life. When you read the 22nd Psalm, you see that David was at the lowest point in his life. But yet and still, he knew the shepherd of shepherds. He knew that God would always be with him. That's when he came, that's when he, started, when he wrote the 23rd Psalms. And what we're going to start, I'm going to start at the 23rd Psalm, I'm going to start at the first verse. The Lord is my shepherd. Just that proclamation. That proclamation that David had trust in God. Because the word said, those that come to the Lord must believe that he is, and he, he, he is the reward of those that diligently seek him. So in order to come to God, you must first believe that he is. You must first believe that that is a God. And see, David put all his trust and confidence in God because he said the Lord is. He didn't have to say, my shepherd. Just say the Lord is. And whatever the Lord is to him, that's what he put his trust in, what the Lord is to him. And to him, the Lord was everything. The Lord provided everything. We say the Lord is my shepherd. And when David spoke, the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. You shall not want for anything. 
you know, being a being a sheep, the sheep is one of the most timid beings that you would ever meet or that you would ever see. You can say boo, and the whole flock will scatter. They are they are really timid, they're really timid animals. And to not want for anything, to know that your shepherd got you covered in all that you need. That you are that you are covered in, 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 in your food, you are protected. That nothing that you require is is, is lacking. You no, know, and um, Paul said it best when he was when he came to God three times about this thing that was bothering him. And three times he asked God to remove it. But then he came to the point where he was content. And see, when we talk about our shepherd, our spiritual shepherd, at some point we have to be content in what we do and what we believe and how we feel. Go down to verse 2. He makes me to lie down in green pasture. He leadeth me beside still waters. Now, I'm going to physically take you through what sheep goes through. All right? So we can see how our shepherd protects us. And I'm going to read this that I, that I, I looked up on, on, a, on how sheep act in a flock. Just watch a flock of sheep near a highway. They are rarely lying down. Sheep are very jumping and skittish. So that just about anything was seeing them running in, in, off in all directions. To get them to lie down, they have to have their fears calmed. And the main way they feel safe is to see that the shepherd, voice and his presence calms their fears. See, one thing about the shepherd, and we'll get into that later, the sheep knows his voice. You know, I'm reading about a, a shepherd in, in, in the highlands. And what they would do in the highlands, they have to find a place for the, for the, for the sheep to uh, actually graze. And, 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 it's hard to, and it's hard to find because of the rocky, the rocky ledges. So what would happen, the sheep would sort of take off and, and, and go on these ledges where the grass is soft and they can just jump down to this ledge and eat of the grass. But the shepherd will have no way of getting that sheep back until that sheep is completely depleted. I mean, he's eating all the grass around him. He's to the point where he's the weakest. In, he's at the weakest part of his, of his existence right then. There's nothing else to eat. The sheep can't go anywhere. Then at that time, the shepherd can rescue the sheep because the sheep is not as skittish. So the shepherd will climb on the ledge below, above him, rope down to the sheep, and he's actually able to pick them up. Now, if that sheep was, had all his faculties, what he would do is just jump away from him and go on down the cliff. So the shepherd knew that he could only rescue that sheep at his weakest point. And sometimes, what do our shepherd do to us? When we feel we're at our weakest point, that we have nowhere else to go, then our shepherd picks us up and say, who are you? Who are you? See, we're nothing without him, but we're everything with him within us. So in order to make a sheep lie down in green pastures, Everything has to be taken care of. The sheep must be free from outside danger. He must be free from pests. He must be free from strife with, with the flock. And he must be free from hunger. 
So when God lead us to that point, when he lead us by those still waters. Oh, something else. You know a sheep cannot be near running water? I didn't know that the running water actually frightens the sheep. So in order for the shepherd to keep the sheep calm, you have to put them next to calm waters for them to drink. A babbling brook or water rushing will actually scare the flock. And for us, through the blood of Jesus, everyone has access to that peace because he's the only one that can give us peace. The peace that surpasses all understanding. He's the only one can take us to, the, to those still waters. He's the only one can lay us down in those green pastures. You know, a pastor is a dwelling place. You know, when you look it up in the Greek, pastor is actually a dwelling place. And our shepherd, the only one can take us to that dwelling place, put us next to still waters, and keep us at peace. Because he's everything to us, and we're nothing without him. Psalm 23, he restores my soul. I don't know, I wish Pastor Tony was here because he always talking about this 57 Chevrolet that he wanted to buy. One of those 50 Chevy or something. You know, when you get something that old that's been through the, that's been through the mill, it's beat up, it's been battered. And sometimes, like, like us, you know, when, when we go through trials and tribulations and we've been tempted and tested, you know, we get beat up. And then we have to get to the point where our soul is restored. You know, a man, three-part being, he got a mind, he, he, he's a spirit, lives in a body, and he has a soul. And the only two parts that can go with us for eternity is the spirit and the soul. So our soul needs to be restored. We need to get to that point where, okay, we got a brand new set of tires. We got a brand new paint job. Everything on us working in perfect order, but it's a process. It's not a one-time charge where, you're, okay, I need to be restored. Our restoration is a process. Each and every time we go through repentance, seriously, each and every time we get next to our shepherd and he restores our soul to the point we're ready to go forward. Nothing can harm us. Verse number four. Yea, though I walk through the vital shadows of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thou rod and thou staff, thou comfort me. You know, in 1 John 4 and 18, let's go there. Let me put back on my peepers because these things are a little bit small. In 1 John 4 and 18, Reading the King James Version. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. And see, that is the shepherd's secret, but not his secret. But that is one, the attributes of a shepherd. He operates in perfect love. There's no greater love than a man that lays down his life for his friends. And, you know, a shepherd, because of the dangers, you know, like David said, he killed the lion, killed the bear. Shepherds face this. And for you to risk your life for that sheep is no greater love. Like I said, it's a heart thing. It's not how you feel. 
It's not by what you see. It's by what's in your heart. You know, Jesus is our great shepherd. He's always leading us to hire pastors. Regardless of what we go through, Jesus will always lead us to hire pastors. You know, he said he, we, uh, we move from, from, from uh, faith to faith, from glory to glory. And he said that our, order, our steps are ordered by the Lord. A lot of times when we think about steps, we talk about just walking forward. But a lot of times you got to look at your steps and move in new dimensions. You know, Jesus will move us through new dimensions. Not just forward, but to, to greater and better things. Let me see. Uh, in verse 5, Psalm 23, 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. No, when we think about the great shepherd, when thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Okay, I'm going to take this to the spiritual, then I'm going to come back to the natural on how the shepherd, on how the shepherd does it. When you're on that job and someone's constantly bombarding you with negativity, saying you're no good, you'll never make it, then all of a sudden you get that promotion. You know what's happening? Your shepherd is preparing that table in the presence of your enemies. He prepares that table because you are his child. You know, the time when you see don't where you can't see where where your next car payments come from, where your or where your house payments coming from. And you know, you go to the bank and people talk down to you and say, No, you can't get this loan. But all of a sudden you wind up with that loan. He's preparing the table in the presence of your enemies. Our shepherd. Now let me tell you what a shepherd does. The shepherd prepares his sheep. This, this is a shepherd that, that's, that's in the highlands. And when I, when I researched this, you know, I, I, I was really amazed on, on, what, on what they actually do. Said so the shepherd prepares his sheep in the high tablelands used for the, cho- the choicest grazing. So what a, shepherd, what a shepherd does, before he even take his sheep out, he will go out and pick up every poisonous plant or everything that can harm his sheep. He would take it out of the way. Then he would pick spots that he would graze his sheep. But these spots that, he, that the sheep would graze, the wolves, the bears, and everything can see the sheep, but they can't get to them. So in the same way that our shepherd prepares us, prepare the, prepare the table before our enemies, the natural shepherd does the same. The sheep eaten, the cup runneth over more than they need, but it's not one enemy can get to them because the shepherd has prepared the place for them to dwell, the place for them to graze. He's already prepared it. And then when the cup runneth over, when you have more than enough, more than enough, when you can, when, when you can look your enemies in the eye and eat, knowing that they want to eat you, you know, they want, they want you to have dinner. But when you can look them in the eye and knowing they cannot touch you because your place has been prepared. He prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Thou anointest my head with oil. 
And you know that shepherd actually anointed the sheep's head. Let me get this right. It's a mix of olive oil, sulfur, spice to keep the flies and the pest away. So every time the sheep went into the field, the shepherd anointed his sheep with oil. So the flies and the pests wouldn't bother them. They would fly around them, but they wouldn't harm them, wouldn't bother them. The same way our Father does us. He anoints us. He gives us power. He gives us ability to do things to keep the enemy at bay. And it's with that rod and that staff. How somewhere I missed that? Where did I miss that at? But the rod and the staff, let me go back to that because I want y'all to know what that really means. A shepherd only has three things when he goes out to, to, to the pasture. He have a shepherd bag, have his rod, and um, what's the other one? And his staff. The rod is for protection. And then when we look at the rod on our shepherd, when he give us when 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 he give us the rod of protection, it's his word. See, his word protects us. See, anything that we have or any situation that we come into, God's word is our rod. The staff is the Holy Spirit. The lead and guide us. Just like that shepherd would guide his sheep to the place he wanted them to go. The same way the staff is the Holy Spirit. So God, our shepherd, looks out for us. I better step on. Psalms 23, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is an affirmation. A confident a confidence that David had in his shepherd. The same confidence that we have in our shepherd. Now we looked at this from the sheep's eyes. The sheep's point of view. Now let's look at the shepherd from the shepherd's point of view. And for that I want everybody to go to John 10. And I'm going to read this in its entirety all the way up to verse 5. John 10, I'm starting at the first verse. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that enteth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name. And leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of a stranger. Okay, out of these verses, there's three things I want to point out to you. The sheepfold is the church. The shepherd, we know it, the great shepherd, Jesus Christ. And the porter is that appointed over. The porter is the, is the priest, is, is, the, is the pastor assigned to us. And there are things that the sheep has here 
and I want to point out to you five things. In verse 3, the sheep hears his voice. And the most important thing, he calls each sheep by name. Not only do the sheep know his voice, but he calls each sheep by name. He leads them to various places. A shepherd never follows. A shepherd will always walk out in front and the sheep follow him. He never follows. They know his voice because they are familiar with it. For they will not follow a stranger. It's not an easy thing being a shepherd. I want everybody to go to John 21. Because even physically being a shepherd, you can see what it entails. It's not easy. But for someone to accept that charge, matter of fact, I'm going to paraphrase John 21, 15. Don't need to go there. This is when Jesus had, a, had, had, he had ascended. He came back and he was appearing to the, to the disciples. And he asked Peter. He said, Peter, do you love me? He said, yeah, Lord, I love you. Yet then feed my lambs. Then Jesus asked him again, Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know I love you. Then feed my sheep. Then Christ asked him a third time, said, Peter, do you love me? And about this time, Peter said, look, Lord, you know I love you. You know everything. So you got to know that I love you. Then he said, then feed my sheep. See, that is a charge that is given not to everybody. That is a charge given to select people. To select that God that God has selected from the fold to feed his sheep. Let's go to Ephesians 4 and 8. And we're going to read this because I want y'all to get this. I'm going to start at the 8th verse. Wherefore he said, when he ascended upon high, he led captive, captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended in the same also ascended up far above all heavens, that he might feel all things. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors slash shepherds and teachers for the perfecting of the saints and for the work of the ministries, for the edifying of the body of Christ. See, and today... I wanted to give you a brief synopsis of the shepherd and the shepherd's heart because we want to recognize our shepherds. We want to recognize the gift that God gave this body of believers. So today what I want to, I want to recognize our shepherd, Pastor TJ and Pastor Carrie Ann, because what they do is not easy. You know, a lot of times you don't see what's happening behind the scenes. You don't see what's happening at midnight. You don't see what's happening at 1 o'clock in the mornings. 
but they do. A lot of times you don't know what the pastors are going through. But we want to recognize they're so humble that they won't take anything. You know, it's like you almost have to force them to say, Pastor, we need to do a little something, you know. So today we just want to recognize them and, 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 and let them know how much we love you. So at this point, I want to, um, I want the whole congregation in so we can, we can get the uh, power zone. Can bring them in, thanks. Pastor, what y'all do for us? You know, it's like, it's no value we can put on it. It's no value we can put on it. The only thing we can tell you is how much we do love you, how much we do adore you, how much we appreciate what you do for us. Because if you know, sometimes, you know, it's, it's, you know, when Lando was talking about last week about it's more blessed to give than to receive. Sometimes you have to know how to receive because that's the only way God gets things to you. You know, it's like putting the, the chicken before the egg. Did, 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 we, uh, did we receive before we gave or did we give before we received? But God said he gives seed to the soil. And once that, soil, once that seed becomes a harvest, then you give them what for, from, from your harvest. But you have to learn to receive. You know, a lot of times when people come to me and say, I'm going to give you that. Oh, no, go ahead and put that right back into the church. But see, the only way God can give back to us is through men. He said men will give unto your bosom. God's not going to rain $100 bills from heaven. He's not going to do it. So men give into your bosoms. So what we want to do, as a, just an expression of our love and appreciation, we want to let y'all know what you are doing for individuals within the church.